Well, Welcome to, to another episode of Driving, Driving to the Res with your, your favorite hosts, Nelia and, and Larry. Woo! Follow the cues. <laughs> Yay! Just do it right. Very nice. It's a nice Sunday morning. Yes. What you got planned for today? Well, a couple of things. First, we're going to, well, secondly, we're going to look at locations. I know, I know, I know, but first, well, what's first. the plans for today? Oh, the plan for today? Yeah. You mean, oh, you weren't talking about what we're going to talk about today? No, what's your plans for today, today? It's Sunday oh. morning. What do you do on Sunday? You have a regular routine. I think yeah. it would be nice that people, you know, listen, no. Usually we do the podcast on Sunday last second. <laughs> well, it's earlier. We're not doing it late, at least. And then we have our pure heart meditation for an hour. Not meditation, sitting. We can meditate if we want. But we sit in pure heart with the intent of having pure heart um, for an hour every Sunday. We start at 12 nowadays because they change the clock in the US. And um, and then we have Sunday dinner with the tribe here in the peninsula. It's usually, nowadays, it's Sunday lunch <laughs> or Sunday brunch. Right. And then, um, yeah, we're free after that. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. Go to the Hill House, go to the res. Today I think we're going go to go the pump beach, out the boat. Go pump up the boat. Dump out the dehumidifiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make sure our boats are not getting eaten by the <coughs> yeah. things like mold. <laughs> yeah, if the humidity gets too high and it's all closed off, then it yeah. gets bad. Yeah. You have to stay on top of your properties if you have them. You do. Yeah. It seems like sometimes they start to own you a little bit. <laughs> yeah. If you leave it alone too long, then it's... uh. The mice move in, and then you have a big job. Yeah, because nature, you know, takes over very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> very quickly. Yeah, the mice come in with their little seeds. They hide them for the winter. The seeds germinate, and then you have a forest in then your you house. Have a forest in your house. Or your boat. And it's all watered yes. by humidity. <laughs> yes. Uh, a world of abundance, for sure. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> well, before we go into that, though, yes. I wanted to talk about Having a competition. Um, a real one? A real competition oh. for a jingle. For a jingle. driving to the res. With mm-hmm. Native American flavors. Sure. That would right? be ideal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it has to be a minute long. A minute sh- long. Yeah. Between half a minute and a minute long. No longer than a minute, though. So it could be tunes. It could be a song that's not copyrighted because... Nothing, yeah, you can't use copyrighted things. Yeah, you don't have, you can't do copyrighted things unless you have permission or you no. buy it. Well, if if it's copyrighted uh, with license, then you can license it for the Driving to the Rest podcast. But yeah, you can't really use other people's work unless you have a license for it that you can pass over. Um. So yeah. So people who are musically inclined might yeah. use their guitar, go dung dung dung, dung yeah. and that would be our jingle. It doesn't have to be a minute long, right? It will be doing half a minute and a minute for a jingle. But so, however, mm-hmm. the guitar ding 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 is not really native in flavor, so. Well, I'm native, and I think it is. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you want? You want it? What are you talking about culturally? Well, seeing as I'm going to be one of the people judging it, if you want to send something that's yeah. not Native American sounding, <laughs> it's not going to work. It's going to get vetoed. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. All right, well. That's the first thing I wanted to talk about because leaving it to us, although we're slightly musically inclined, it's not going to get done. So it'd be nice to have it. And the competition, I mean, we can think about, so let's say 100 people send the jingle, we can play one every every week. Oh, right? yeah, I like that idea, too. Yeah. And okay. then we keep the one that's... Keep the one that we... Uh, everybody loves. Everybody well, we loves. Do, yeah, we can vote on it. Or we can choose it ourselves. Or we can have a few. Or we can have a few. And when it's Go time to start to rest, time yeah. to do the thing, we'll just say, I don't feel like this one today. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes you feel like new music. Exactly, yeah. You can have more than one favorite. Yeah. You can have more than one house. Yeah. You can have more than one bike, yeah. more than one car, uh-huh. more than uh-huh. one dog. Uh-huh. Definitely more than one boat. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? Yeah. 
many people, many people that I know only order one breakfast. Yeah. Even though they want two things. Yeah. Not you, though. No, just order two breakfasts and eat what or parts three you sometimes. want. sometimes. And then bring the rest home. Yeah. And if you can't eat it, the your dogs, dogs definitely mm, can. Yeah, because you have more than one dog. Yeah, I have a very big stomach with... It takes multiple inputs. <laughs> my stomach, my dog's stomach, my other dog's stomach, my other dog's stomach, my crow's stomach, my <coughs> cat's. Lucy's stomach, my cat's stomach. Yeah, we've got plenty of stomachs. And my girl's stomach. Mm -hmm. So you can order more than one lunch or breakfast or dinner or whatever. And eat what you want, bring the rest home. You can have more than one house and you can try and figure out how do you live in more than one house. Honestly, it's not simple. It sounds like, geez, high quality problem. It is a high quality problem. <laughs> it's the first world problem. The first world problem. Back in the day, old world, uh, we had a summer village and a winter village. Oh, the Macau Reservation, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so in the summertime we would live on the beach because the ocean swells were low. It isn't dangerous to get your canoe out into the water or pull it up on the beach. And the fish are like one paddle and then you're there. Yes. And the whales, you know. Not very many paddles, and you're there. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so wintertime, completely different on the ocean. If you try and paddle out by afternoon, you could be stuck. Dead. <laughs> yeah, dead or stuck or no way to get back. Yeah. And the storms are pretty severe at the beach. And the, yeah, the they winter. just show up. They don't, it's not like uh, you got lots of notice it's going to be stormy. It's like mm -hmm. flat calm and then party whew, wind. 80. Party wind. Party wind, yeah. That's what they call it. And you'll, get, you'll be sitting on the beach. And looking at the waves, and you can't go out, you can't go out, and you could be stuck there for a month. Mm -hmm. That was the farty winds. Remember the farty winds story? Mm, yes. It was hilarious. Yeah, kind of. How do you remember it? Um, from what I remember, this is a Mecca story. It was to do with um, the fishermen wanting to go out, but it was there's a god. A chief. A chief. Of the beach. Of the beach, who's always farting really loud and very strong and... They just messed up all the fish. No. Uh, remember it wrong? Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> Didn't mean to totally destroy the story. <clears throat> so I think it's a the Cholnoth legend, and mm -hmm. it's not just a Macaw tribe, because we have the same wind up the coast. Yeah. And Macaw are related to, be, to tribes all well, the way up the west coast. There used to be one so tribe, we, right? One well, people. Well, I don't know how... It is... The same a blanket people. of yeah, but they went, lots of little families when, and they started their own villages. And but also when the, the thingies came up, you know, the this is Canada, this is the United States. Yeah. That's artificial, talking about land, so artificial that it, it divided tribes that were the same tribe. Cousins yeah, even and, though in the treaty it said it wouldn't. But it did. It kind of did anyway. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So the farty wind is a southeast wind, and the southeast wind, when it's blowing... It makes the currents go the wrong direction. When I say the wrong direction, it's like you think the wind just blows the surface, and it does mostly blow the surface. But the wind is generated by high and low pressures, which are depressions in the water, too. So imagine if you pushed your finger down in the water and then swirled it toward the beach. It's going to make the currents go. And on a normal, regular current, it pushes up a bank, makes a little swirl on the top, and inside that swirl, is low current or no current, and the planktons and food and all that stuff gets like concentrated there. Mm. So the fish go there because fish go where the food is, right. and they go at certain times because at certain times of the day and night the feed goes up and down and it collects and you know mm -hmm. they go to eat when it's easiest. Right. But when the wind's southeast, it makes the current go the wrong way, and it blows all the food off of the edges, mm -hmm. and the fish get scattered because it's basically a hurricane underwater going the wrong way and they get pushed off the edge into the deep waters like, I don't want to go down there. And so when you go try to catch them, they they don't care about your hook mm. because they don't even, they're not even there mm -hmm. or your net or nothing. So a southeast wind will blow and it'll go and it'll stop, but it'll only stop for half a day and it'll start again. Mm -hmm. And it goes to a big storm and then it goes away and it's gone for a half, a half a day and comes back. Mm -hmm. So you won't have any time in between storms to go out. The fish settle down, go back where they're supposed to, and get off the beach. Is that throughout the year? That's in the winter only. Yeah. Mostly spring. The, so the, the story goes, why it's only in the winter, not throughout the year, right? Right, because the... Well, I'm not sure 
I kind of lost track of it, why it was wintertime he would do it. No, but he would do it all through the year, but then they came to an agreement. He didn't know that his farts were causing all this. But when the other chiefs went down and said, hey, you know, you really need to stop fighting. Oh, yeah, he promised he'd wait three days between them yeah. or something. And then in the summer he wouldn't or something like that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. The Basically, the farty wind is a stinker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this wind stinks, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the farty boy still farts and... Uh, he has to be called in. Hey, man, you're farting up the storm. Can you slow down? Yes. <laughs> Turn the <laughs> other way or something. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Pretty yeah. bad. But I, I think probably everywhere around the world, groups of people who live there for a long time learn what supports and what doesn't support uh, collecting, collecting food, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And the African boys that we were watching on YouTube that were uh, out hunting, they, they were, uh, this is the funniest thing, you know, they're honey ones? Yeah, the meat and honey. They're original. They just live like they've been living forever. Mm-hmm. They haven't really decided. They decided, you know, we're not interested in joining that. Like, we'll just keep this one. Yeah. And they're kept of one. Basically, is bush meat for food and uh, whatever stuff that they gather. And uh, the interviewer was having a uh, philosophical conversation. A spiritual conversation. He wanted to know some of the deeper truths about Gaia and the forest and all that <laughs> stuff. And he was curious to know what they thought about things. They thought about, like, what do you think about what's the most important thing in life? And uh, all of them were like, oh, meat, of course. Meat. Meat. <laughs> oh, and honey. Meat and, and honey. honey. Yeah, meat Those and are honey. the two most important things in life, meat and honey. Mm-hmm. What about your kids and your blah, blah, blah? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, they're important, but meat and honey. Yeah. You gotta have meat and honey for your kids, <laughs> kids, and to get your girl. <laughs> to get your girl, <laughs> because you can't get a girl without meat and honey. <laughs> what do you What do you think about the moon? Is the moon uh, important? You know, religiously, or is there anything important about it? It's like, oh yes, the moon. When it's full, you can't get any meat. <laughs> but you know, it's nothing special about the moon. Just it kind of messes up hunting once in a while, every month or so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was uh it was fun to watch because you know we tend to noble savage yes the noble savage they have a like a deeper connection to guy and a romantic yeah. thing and they're uh if we just listen to them they know the answers to everything and to some degree to them and their place that's true yeah. if you want to live in that village you better like meat and you better like honey and you yeah. better like getting it too yes because we're all going to get together. We're going to go out and get some meat. And honey. And on the way, if we see a tree with a bee coming out, somebody's got to climb up there. Yeah. And their dogs. Don't forget their dogs. And their dogs too, yeah. yeah. Somebody's got to climb up the top of that tree. To get the honey. And stick their hand down there where the bees are and pull the honey out. Yeah. And the bees sting you. doesn't matter. You're getting honey. Yeah. Yeah. They have a very strong why. They do. Nothing gets in the way of it. No. Meat and honey is the most important thing. But that was... Ge- Oh, geography. Yeah. Mm, no, that was, um, oh, if you live in an area long enough, You'll you begin to, to learn how to it eat. supports you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So here we were all fishing and hunting whales and things mm-hmm. like that. And of course, if a deer walked in the, into the village, I'm sure it's going to get ate. But yeah. mostly it was fish. Yeah. Because fish was dependable and storable and preservable easily, you know. Well, I think that one of the things that I observed from an outsider point of view Mm -hmm. was that for a fisherman and a a lineage of fishermen, because you come from a very long lineage of fishermen, the fish is the most important and the whole culture is fish-based, however, or whale-based. However, I also saw other lineages in the village that hunting was the most important thing. And that's all they did. They just go and hunt and then... They knew exactly how to use every part of those animals. So bear, they would eat the bears, the elk, the deer, and even small animals. And that's all they do. And they're obsessed with them. That's as far as they're concerned. It's all about the village. Is all about that, <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. So I think the lineages are very important. I think you got a good point there. And for your mom, for example, who is from the healing lineage of which you obviously are too, pick that one up. 
Um, and also weaving, right? So for her, weaving was the most important thing and the most closest to the culture. It was all about weaving. And she weaved toys and these beautiful dolls and she weaved baskets and hats and all sorts of things, boxes, right? And she was very good at it. And she went around uh, fairs and Native American fairs and also even other types of fairs and would bring her her and her her friends, you know, would bring all the weaving, and that was Makai, you know. It's oh yeah, they weave with the cedar. That's that's what they do. Uh, so it's like lineages carry that importance as well within a location. I think. Yeah, I felt the lineage tugging yesterday when we were at the beach. We haven't been at the beach for a while. No. <coughs> I, I honestly don't know why. I know. <coughs> we absurd. used to laugh about that. Remember, we used oh, to yeah. go to the beach every day, and we would think, oh my gosh. I don't understand why the rest of these Indians, <laughs> apart from us, don't go to the beach. It's always abandoned, and you know, it's no, nobody here. It's so gorgeous and beautiful, outstanding, like so amazing, and nobody else is here. Occasionally, we'll see a family or two. Occasionally, we see the tracks of the truck yeah. from those guys that well, do their early morning runs. Right, but it's miles upon miles upon miles upon the most pristine, beautiful beaches. And nobody went there. Now we haven't been there for about a year or something. It was ridiculous. It was like, oh my gosh, no, we're the same. We don't go to the beach, even though it's right here for us. <laughs> well, we were walking and uh, there were... Uh, it was like gold coins laying on the ground everywhere. Those beautiful shells. Those limpet shells, yeah. yeah. They look like, little, um, like a china hat. Yeah. And uh, I was irresistible. I had to pick them all up. Yes, it did. Every one of them that was You filled up there. all of your pockets. I filled your, all my pockets your, up. Your shirt pockets, your pants Every pockets. Every pocket I had was and stuffed And then you filled my pockets too. <laughs> and then I started filling up her pockets. Because this, these limpets sand, they're going to turn into sand in a matter of mm -hmm. no time. And uh, they're just the most interesting, pretty little perfect shell yeah. on the planet. And yeah. they're just the size of a gold coin. Yeah. Well, a gold coin, pointy gold coin. And, I don't know, about a week ago, somebody posted a picture of Washburn's, which is our store, uh -huh. back in the 1980s, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And it was over next to where the gas station is now. Yeah, yeah. Remember, we were going to lease the I land for a year. Yeah. 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 That's where it was, and it was way different. It had the flavor of an old village grocery store, mm -hmm. you know. Not yeah. like it is now. It's kind of like a small Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> feels like yeah. square steel. It's really not got flavor, you know. It's uh -huh. just square steel. Yeah. Anyway, um, in our village, and um, sure, and I've seen it in all almost all the other Indian villages. Mm -hmm. People collect the stuff that's there, and they put little interesting bits to it, and then they go sell it at, next to the supermarket, and then they'd use the money in the that they just made and go in the supermarket and get their food. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, look at this. We can make some projects. We can go sit in front of Washburns with our table, and we can sell them. We make yeah. a mint. <laughs> we can get hot dogs, hot yeah. dogs and the buns. Yeah. <laughs> I remember years ago uh, when we were talking about making our Christmas tree from things from the beach, you know, the shells mm -hmm. and the, the driftwood and other bits and bobs. And one of your cousins said, "Ah, that's the poor man's Christmas tree." Then <laughs> you don't <laughs> yeah. have no. He said, "Oh, don't you have any money for your, your, for decorations? your decorations? You need to use the beach." Because you, you, you know, it's just poor men use that. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. But that was a cultural, cultural, you know, kind of a hijackish. Conquering, you know, the the cultural. Ah, uh, the religion of the conquerors. Yeah, the con. What's it Something called? The. Uh, I can't remember the name. There's a name for it. It's like you've been conquered culturally, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So that your stuff is no longer valuable. Your, and, your values have and shifted. the little plastic things from China, those are valuable. Those are valuable. Oh, yeah. Remember, money was a dentalia shell, mm -hmm. which is a tiny little, looks like a tiny straw. Yes. And that was money. Yeah. They're a bit hard to get. They only show up in a few places. But if you had those, you make a necklace, that's worth a ton money. of money. Yeah. Not you could trade it for money, but it is the equivalent of money you could trade it for food whale or food or yeah. work or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now you can buy dentalium shells. Yes. They aren't very expensive and nobody mm -hmm. uses them for mm -hmm. money except for in uh when they wanna 
play money. It's like, here, I got two <laughs> necklaces. I'll trade you for uh, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> and then formal money. But at the time, I mean, it's uh, interesting how it can shift. And that's an interesting conversation in itself. Money, you know? Yeah. What is money? What's and valuable? Why what do we think? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You tend to think because of the way we are now that gold has always been valuable to everyone. Everyone I'd ever found it is calls it valuable. And mm -hmm. to some degree, I suppose that's true. I think a better example of that one is diamonds, right? We might think that diamonds have always been valuable for everybody on the planet and they're, you know, they're very expensive, whatever. But then we saw those. The, the history of it is like they're so common that actually they have to hoard them in order to make them artificially artificial and there were villages in Africa that it was like pebbles they were just pebbles on the ground nobody valued them there was billions of them all around plus they have a big secret about diamonds every single diamond ring ever sold still exists and the diamond <laughs> still exists <laughs> so it never got scarcer it got more and more common yeah. but the prices didn't Right. That's a really good hold on that. Oh, yeah. A good narrative. So, uh, you know, it brings to mind something we also noticed yesterday. You know, the space, the place, the place itself felt like it was high frequency. Yes, like definitely. Pristine, yeah. beautiful. Abundant, pleasing, filled with life, filled with life, right? And little treasures on the floor. Yeah. And you look up, and there's treasures flying around. It's gorgeous, beautiful. Food beautiful. in abundance, mm -hmm. and uh, scenery just made your body go. Uh, and then we had all the negative ions, yeah, from the which ocean. we learned are actually positive. They're good for you. They're, They're not, not bad ions. They're negatively charged. Positive, but it's yes. actually. Good for positive you. for you, however it works anyway. <laughs> Somebody made up that word. They should have used the other way. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Negative should be positive in this case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so it's just an overwhelming feeling of... Um, it's like all of the things that you need to feel good were present. Yes. And that's something that is worth looking at because as we traveled the uh, coast, do you remember? We went up and down it quite a few times with our trailer and our camper thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the we always West were on Coast. the lookout for those places like that just gra um, grab you and say, oh, my gosh, this place is so beautiful. I just want to live here even. Yeah. We haven't really found them. No. I mean, we found interesting places interesting, that we woke up and looked like, wow, this is nice. Yeah. But not, oh, I'm live not here. leaving. I'm not yeah. leaving. I'm staying yeah. here forever. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Because clearly there were about five or ten million people who felt differently because <laughs> they have a house and they moved there and they live there and they're mostly happy, I guess. Mm -hmm. But why is it certain places called to you? What makes them high frequency? Is it your, you make them high frequency? Or the place matches with you and that makes it high frequency? Or, I mean... Not everyone in our village is high frequency, clearly. 80, 90% no. of them aren't no. um, picking the high frequency new paradigm. No. And it's always been addiction problems that there is, uh, not always, but you know, since the colonization. Huge mm. addiction that we know of. Huge addiction problems, and even before colonization, there was used to be slavery. Well, there's actually a little bit know. of pride about, you know, it's a dry res, but watch, we go get a case of beer. Yes, proud. You know, people and get proud. littering. Littering, yeah. if you throw your shit out the window, you're like, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a inverse. Yeah, an inverse thing. Inverse makes yeah. it good, is good. Yeah. The inverse is good. Mm -hmm. I guess that's a little defiance or something, right? Mm -hmm. It's mine, so I can trash it if I want to. Yeah, I don't know. It's something weird. Something like that. No, it's very strange. Yeah. I, could, I remember that. And burning up the town, burning up the entire village on Halloween, that was... Sometime I don't that was it. like the best <laughs> accepted and planned and understood that's going to happen. And if you're afraid, stay in and lock the doors and the windows and cover with wood because otherwise you might get a bottle of fire into <laughs> track. It. Yeah, you might get attacked, and the cup cars will get flipped and burned, and logs across the road and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it used to be hooligans, man. Yeah. Why do, is the geography connected to that in some way? Is geography 
And your frequency connected, connected, where geography is the driver of your frequency. I think that a lot of people have the thought of I need to move to the right place, yeah, the, the right frequency. A lot of times, yeah, it's just the right place. Uh -huh. The frequency has to be right, and um, I'm not just in the village here, where we have the shaman shack. It's absolutely stunningly beautiful valley. This valley is gorgeous. Yeah, stunning. I know. But I open up all the windows in the morning, and I already go out into the, onto the little porch. Doesn't matter if it's sunny, raining, whatever. It's freaking stunning. Oh, stunning! And there's families that have lived here for generations now, mostly from Switzerland, and Sweden. 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 Sweden sorry, not Switzerland. So from Sweden, and. Um, They've lived in this pristine location with their homesteads. Organic food. Organic foods, very their strong own families. Raw milks, very dairy, strong just, families. Dairy just down the street with raw yeah, milk. It's, yeah. Now it's elk herds eating the grass, but yeah. it was cows. Used to be cows, or raw milk, and organic produce, and everything else. Eggs and yeah. all the forest food, the wild meats, mm -hmm. organ meats. And the people who are of our generation up and down the road in this valley, a lot of them are messed up, you know, alcoholics or drug addicts and stuff like that. So it's not just and the res. Unhealthy right? and barely, Super barely holding on. Yeah, yeah. And their kids yeah. are, God, I'm out of here. I'm not yeah, sticking around them, this place. Yeah, we barely <coughs> see the owner of the land that's sort of behind the shaman shack. I don't mm -hmm. think we've ever seen him. No, not once. And, um, the farm that had all the dairy for the whole peninsula just down the street, it was returned to the county. Yeah. Because there was no even anybody to give it to. Right. They, all the kids left and didn't want it. So or the they guy just died and they weren't there to do it. No. Or he gave it to the county. Yeah, the, he gave it to the county. Because the kids didn't kids. want it. Yeah. Well, the one down the street, just the other way. Yeah. And he only barely had any cows because he was 90. Yeah. And, and he sold his farm, and now it's no, um, no, no, he didn't. Oh, he died, and he his died. son sold it. Yeah, his so, mom. So he sold. Yeah, his son sold it. Yeah, so all of the farming, all of the production for, of you know Western food, I suppose yeah, you Western think of it, food. milk yeah. and cow products, mm -hmm. all that's gone. dissolved and gone. Mm -hmm. But those farms, I mean, they're pristine. They're Gorgeous, the placation's beautiful. Yeah, and we know it's high frequency. Gaia wanted us to have Gaia and human collective connection here at this land, this Hyman Shack. Mm -hmm. And it's it's amazing. The the energy here is just outstanding. And yet all around us, including the res, which is right next door, um addiction, suffering, pain. Um, violence, abuse, disease. disease. You know, it's like, why? Why is it, right? So does the does the location's frequency affect the person or vice versa? I know that if you own land, the land starts vibrating at your frequency. I know this. Mm -hmm. I saw it. I, I learned it a very long time ago through experience mm -hmm. and curiosity, and I tested it out. Like I like to do things, test things out. And sure enough, it does it. And it gives you another reason why all these billionaires are buying so much land around the planet. Because right? <laughs> they want their frequency to be for Trump. So like the crown of Canada. The yes. crown owns all of Canada. <laughs> Most, almost all of the land in Canada is crown yeah. land, which is yeah. owned by the Queen. Yeah. Same with Australia, probably. Yeah, she is, owns yeah. all that too, right? Mm -hmm. Anyways, going back to the issue of frequency does the frequency affect the person does the person affect the frequency of the location for certain for sure i've walked many lands on the planet and some of them sparkle with high frequency and some of them feel quite dead and some of them are quite malignant mm. right and some of them will embrace you and some of them will reject you and that is true. I mean, I've seen it. I've felt it. And I've seen it with other people too. So, with regards to, let's say, this place, which is a, it is a high-frequency location, how come there's so many low-frequency experiences being had here? Yeah. I would say that it's about connection. Mm -hmm. 
right? The connection. So one of the things to have a uh, you need for a light dark paradigm is the illusion of disconnection. Illusion you need of to be disconnected. Now. Yes. It's the same. Disconnect, separate. You need to believe that you're separate from the land, that you and Gaia are not one but two, and that in the Western view, you need to conquer nature, right? And what does that mean? You cut down trees, you kill all the animals, you know, and you put down your farm in the Western view. Mm-hmm. And you do your best to make sure that the animals around, like the birds and the bees, not the bees, like the birds and the mice and all these other creatures and the slugs don't eat your stuff, because they will. So um, that's one view of it. The land is separate from you. And once you separate from the land, then no matter how high frequency the land is, if you choose a low frequency experience, you're going to have it. Right? So mm-hmm. it's the disconnect creates that um, or allows it to happen. Now, with regards to a low frequency location, um, will you be able to affect it? If you're a high frequency person, will you be able to affect a location on your own? Well, slightly a tiny bit you might not even be able to see the difference but you will affect it positively if you connect mm-hmm. but in the 90s I remember I was part of a Buddhist group that decided to get together every Thursday at 6, six or 7 o'clock at night and chant for a specific location and a specific human creation there that was the conflict in between the Catholics and the Protestants in Belfast, mm-hmm. in Northern Ireland. That was affecting Dublin a lot because we were getting bombed left, right and centre. Hmm. Um, and uh, it took about six months and it all ended. Right, So it affected it. And I became very curious. So I started looking for information and a lot of people had already heard about it and it was in the news about these Buddhist groups from the Himalayas, mm-hmm. who would travel, these monks would travel to different cities, and they would sit in meditation every day for like I don't know how long, twenty minutes, two hours, I don't know how long it was, I don't know the exact details, and they would recruit people from the local area too, and while they were doing that mm-hmm. meditation, the crime in the city would radically reduce, radically reduce. So this the connection between the land. And the people would start mm-hmm. getting reestablished. So to me, that was fascinating. And then I heard about groups, I think even from the 70s, but definitely in the 90s, from a school of meditation called MT something. I can't remember the name. Trans- TM, Transcendental Meditation, TM. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would do those exercises too. They would play around with it. And they would check the the data. I'm pretty sure it was that group, but I might be wrong because I don't have the data in front of me right now. But I'm pretty sure it was that group, and they had the same results. Hmm. That the whole crime scene would reduce radically while they were in that uh, doing that, and then they left, and it would slowly go up again. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it wouldn't stay down, but it would start going up again. So. Can you affect the environment? Absolutely. Does the environment affect you? Absolutely, it can. But only if you're connected. And at what frequency do you want to connect? That's the other one, right? And how do you interpret it? Because I've met people here who will say, um, this land is horrible, there's nothing here, you have to drive two hours to go to the store, um, there's nothing to do. Uh, look, it's just ugly. There's no art. There's no uh, opera. There's no, you know, there's no Starbucks. <laughs> no high fashion, high culture. Yeah, you can't wear high heels here because it's either gravel or mud out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard to wear high heels, and even if you do, they get ruined. It's right? interesting to live in an environment where boots are basically 
uh, normal required footwear. Yes. It's like, what are we going to wear today? Boots. We're not talking about, ooh, what's the nice shoe? What's the nice shoes you got? No. Ooh, what nice boots you have, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and it's water boots, you know. In yes. England, you call them wellies. Wellies. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's that type of stuff. It's like that connection and disconnect. Yeah, that's what why I felt it was in, it's a, it's something to think about because most or a lot or if not all of us put huge amount of weight on the where we live. Yes. And it, to the degree where we even identify ourselves with our area, and the area isn't necessarily a spot. It is a political construct, for mm -hmm. example. Yeah. So we are Macaw, or we are Washingtonians, or Americans, or we are Russians, or Ukrainians, mm -hmm. or we are... Spanish or Mexican. Spanish or Mexican, but we're not 480214s, which is a latitude. Oh, <laughs> I was right? like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Our southern border of Macaw lands, 480214, I know because I always fish right on that line and sometimes <laughs> I get oops, deed over it and you can't do that. So it's like a, it's seared in my brain is that line. got to watch that line. line. Don't go over that line. <laughs> that line over there is not our land yeah. or ocean, even though it is, but it's not. Right. We're not allowed over there, even though you our own political be. group says, oh, yeah, ours is all the way down to California and all the way up to Bering Sea. Yeah. If you cross that line... Ooh, they're going to be on your butt so and fast, is, your head who, spins. Who? Our own, our own people. Yeah. And the other tribes, or the federal government. Well, it'll it's it's a long line. The but first one is your cousin who sees you <laughs> over the line says, "Hey, you can't go over there. You're catching all the fish over there. You're going to beat me." So I call the cops. And then the fish cops come, and then, and then they'll call the feds, and then the feds, <laughs> you get them all. You get them all. You get them all. So, yeah, there's like a really big line of uh, people who are there to enforce that. Yeah, it's interesting, <clears throat> isn't it? All through, well, you know, lack. Mm -hmm. Lack and jealousy, low-frequency things, really. Yeah. It's like designed to create a low-frequency engagement in the way totally, it does. Totally. I mean, the guise is conservation or something. It's always the welfare used as the jackboot you know welfare of the people is the excuse for all of the tyranny mm -hmm. but anyway where i was going with that lines political lines identifying yourself with geography yes. you yeah. think that you say that you are and i need to go here because of the space but then you get mm -hmm. here you identify yourself with the political entity that claims the place yeah and then that is an entirely different thing mm -hmm. but it also has a flavor right but a frequency also so, um, how do you think things would be different if instead of identifying ourselves with a political village, I suppose, since we're talking about the res, mm -hmm. if we associate ourselves as we're from Nia Bay, are we from Nia Bay? Mm -hmm. And do we gather and connect to that frequency of what Nia Bay means? Mm -hmm. Who is and what is Nia Bay? Right. Is it the people? Is it the is it people? The is it your cousins? Is, is it, it the addictions? Is it the, is it the cousins? The is council, the, the general genetic council. Material? Is it the genetical, ge genetical materials? Yeah, the culture, <laughs> what is it? The culture, Maybe the history, there, the future, yeah. the present. What, mm -hmm. is, what is it that's actually we're saying? And that's part of what's important about identifying it is what are you actually saying? Mm -hmm. Because... Uh, I had a conversation yesterday about heaven on earth, for example. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Well, to you it means a thing, to he it means a thing, to she it means a thing. And you can all say we're going to create heaven on earth and mean radically mm -hmm. different things. Mm -hmm. yeah. Things that are completely yeah. incompatible. Yeah. And so when I say I'm from Nia Bay, I'm a car, does that mean I'm not from any of the other things that I am genetically or, you know, my dad is? <laughs> yeah. So I only identify with the one that I'm feeling in favor about right. and I ignore all the rest yeah. like my children they're half well they're quarter Japanese and even saying it that way what does that mean <laughs> exactly yeah. they're a quarter genetically connected to a spot on the land claimed by the Imperium of Japan yeah. 
but is more likely um, go a few thousand years older, and it's a tropical Somebody. island in South Asia or something like yeah. that, and not connected to Japan. Who knows? Yes. But right now we just call it Japan. Mm-hmm. If they went to Japan and went to where their ancestor genealogy was, they probably would find a connection. Mm-hmm. Is that connection one they're making, or is that connection that they actually, that actually exists, or is that a you know, artificially induced connection based on your emotional body, maybe? Mm-hmm. Or is it related to reincarnations? Right, right. What do you think? I mean, that's a big question. I know. Yeah. We were just we just want to know what's the answer. The connection that you might feel. Yeah. Yeah, oh. could be all of the above, right? Could be genetically, like you see familiarity. <clears throat> or you feel that you have connection even. Yeah. I think that yeah. might be it. It's you feel connected connected to that place I can because tell you a of story your history. About that. Okay, yes. So, um, my brother, sister and I were born in Chile. Mm-hmm. And we have Native American ancestry there. Mm-hmm. And we also have ancestry from spain yes one of the lineages in from spain is very hoity-toity right mm-hmm. um from a we're very wealthy family landowners you know they came in with a ton of money to conquer the south, south america mm-hmm. <clears throat> with a long lineage of uh, alchemists in in the family and um king whisperers Right, a lineage and things uh, that my and like my father still is he's a president whisperer. You know, he's been a president whisperer all his life. Mm-hmm. Um, even when he went back to Spain, you know, he was still doing that job. But um, the other lineage was um, gypsy. Another lineage. The another lineage was um, farmers. So, from Spain. So, these lineages, right? I remember a couple of stories. They have a couple of stories of this. One of them was that we traveled, we lived in Spain for a while as adults, my siblings and I. My sister is extremely white. Her skin is so white that she can't even tan. I've talked about this before. She's like, a milk bottle white. It's not like American white, you know, it's mm-hmm. slightly tanned and whatever, you know. No, no, no. Her skin was like a bottle of milk, like that white. And in Chile, when we went to school, and and she has black hair, right? Black curly hair. Not curly curly, but it's wavy hair. And um, And she's very furry. She has hair on her arms and her legs and her face. You know, mm-hmm. like she, she, this is the way she is at a genetic level, and she's tall. Mm-hmm. And in Chile, she didn't look like anything like the other Chilean girls. <laughs> and we went to school, they sent us to the local government school, and all the girls there didn't have hair, they were dark skinned. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And, um, but they were, nobody was her color, like it was nobody else. So, after PE, for example, physical education, getting the showers, and then all the girls would make fun of her and laugh at her. Because she was so bright. But because she was so furry. Oh, furry. Her, yeah, because the contrast was so huge. Oh, yeah, you could see the hair. Even yeah. if other people had it, you couldn't see it because exactly. her hair skin was darker. Yeah. Oh, okay, I see. So they call her Gorilla. And they, gorilla. Oh, and my God, there's this mean. I know, they were super mean to her, and she was always crying and trying to get rid of her hair shaving it and depilating it and everything oh my god it was such a big deal and then when her she cut a little mustache you know and beard thing and she was like terrible terrible it was horrible for her horrible Mm -hmm. i imagine that's traumatic (laughs) very traumatic growing up and then when she was in her early 20s she went to spain Mm -hmm. she had a boyfriend who was from spain from seville and she called me the first day and she said you'll never guess what happened to me I said, what happened to you? She said, I went in with my my boyfriend's cousins and her sis- sister and friends. And we, we were going out together and they invited me. Mm-hmm. Guess where we went? And he said, I don't know. Where did you go? 
to the depilation parlor and they all took their clothes off and they were just as white and hairy as me she said it was i started crying she said i cried and cried and i didn't know why and then we all had our legs depilated together we all you know took all our fur off together and we're all the same she said in alia she said what i've come home i'm spared oh, no. that's the cutest yeah. ever I could tell. Because <laughs> it was so, she was so happy. Was finally, 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 she's home. Yeah. She was so happy, <laughs> and she loves Chile, and she's very Indian oh, she, culture. I noticed. I, mean, I remember. Totally, I remember totally her. Indian culture, you know. She identifies. But, she's Chilean. But during the Fair of Seville, when mm-hmm. all the all the girls dress as gypsy girls and dance, mm-hmm. she's right in there. <laughs> invisible right yeah with the with the dresses and the makeup and dancing and she dances like any spanish girl and she totally identifies with that she loves it i mean she's that mm-hmm. and a lot of her paintings even though her style is native in flavor it's are of spanish gypsy girls <laughs> <laughs> yes native right? spart- art of spanish yeah. gypsy girls <laughs> yeah and for me i mean i'm darker skinned to me, I'm super dark because compared to my sister, I'm super dark. But to compare to other girls, native girls, and white, right? And um, and so it's like changing, shifting, and changing. And I spent a lot of formative years in in England before the big influx of immigrants there from other countries. So I main, mainly grew up with very white people mm-hmm. in England. So I always considered myself to be very, very dark-skinned. Um, and that was fine. Um, and it wasn't something like, oh, you know, I want to bleach my skin or anything like that. I just knew that I was different. But also, I actually felt that I was, like, that difference. It was very, very marked, right? That difference was very marked. A bit like my sister in, in Chile, right? And when I went to Spain, especially when I went to the southern, like the Andalusia, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of gypsies, but also there's a lot of people from Andalusia, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. The Spanish from there. And I walked down the street. I was in awe about how like me people looked, right? It's like, it was, oh my God, you know, there's other people with big eyes and thick lips, you know. And the skin color is the same, you know, and their body shapes, their body shapes are the same, the square jaws, you know, the, mm-hmm. it's just, it was amazing. I was like, wow, yeah. that is so cool. And I kept smiling at everybody because, oh, you know. Felt like. Yeah, you look like me. <laughs> I look like you. So it's identifier mm-hmm. of genetic material. Seems, yeah. But at a cultural level. Um, it was really funny because if I hear Native American music, I want to dance, you know, I immediately want to do the the dances, you know. Mm-hmm. But over there, the, 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 the gypsy music would start and I, my body would just move. Right? <laughs> it's just, it would have to move. Autopilot. It would have to, have to go. It'd have to go and do it. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, like the belly dancing stuff, you know, also, you know, my body would want to move and do those moves, right? So... Uh, at that level, is very connected with the species, with the human collective. When it came to the environment, the the land, the the the, the dirt and the the trees and these type of things, I didn't ever connect. I wanted to, and I loved Chile dearly in my heart. But I was always looking at the horizon, over the ocean and over the mountains to see, uh, wondering what's over the other side. Right, always. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, when I went to England, it was very alien to me. It was very different. I was very grey and a little bit scary, kind of thing. You know, not quite connected, not quite connective to me. When I was in the south of Spain, it, the same. It was very strange land, which wasn't the same connection my sister made she said she would say things like the colors here are different they're vibrant and alive and the colors for sure they look different the greens on the trees look different the the colors of the dirt is different Mm -hmm. right but 
when I was like, you know, so I would go to different locations and it would feel very, very different. I remember the south of Chile <clears throat> did feel like beautiful and I could connect there. It was like I could breathe properly. But in the south of Spain, it felt very dry, like the colors too bright for my eyes. Mm -hmm. And it was just too hot for me. I just couldn't be there. I was always uncomfortable there. Um, so it was, it was very, very strange and different. So some, the land does have that energy. Um, and then there were some locations, occasionally I would go to different locations. There was one location in Spain, I remember, another location in England, another location in Scotland, another location in Argentina, another location in Chile. You know, in these locations, even in Germany, it was a location where I would feel that this land, I can touch it, mm -hmm. right? And the land felt excited that I was there. So that's my personal experience about connective and connectiveness. Um, when uh, one of the things my sister and I discovered, I don't remember who, dis I think probably I discovered, and then she t tried it out, and sure enough, it was true, um, was that the longer, especially an awakened person or a mystic, the longer you stay in one location, especially if you own it, the stronger you become psychically and um, awareness-wise, the stronger you become, the ability-wise. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I was in the Ahumada, my second name in Spain, in, when birth name is Ahumada. I was in the Ahumada house in Chile. Mm -hmm. And there's big, big, big root connections there, my my grandparents or great-grandparents, my great-grandparents built that house. It's a big colonial house in the middle of the city. And they built it, right? And they have big connections there from then mm -hmm. um, when they claimed it, right? So this has been claimed by their lineage for a very long time. And I lived there for a couple of years. And it came to a point where I would just think of something and it would get manifested, mm. right? An example is I wanted my children to continue their taekwondo lessons because they started taekwondo before and I wanted them to continue it and I, I also like taekwondo and I wanted to continue it too but the nearest taekwondo school was on the very other side of the city mm. and it would take a long time to travel there to get there and I had the three kids I had to work I had all this stuff and it's like no I want a taekwondo school to open within a block. Mm -hmm. That's what I said. Mm -hmm. It was just a few weeks later that the school that was on the other side of the city moved to the block next door where I lived. They moved there. <laughs> and I put my kids in and everything was great. You know, we lived there and they went to Taekwondo. And a year later or two years later, we moved. We went back to Europe. And I kept in touch with the sensei and heard that only a few weeks after we left, mm -hmm. they were actually kicked out of that building for making too much noise. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the neighbors didn't like it. Oh. Right? So it was like direct correlation about mm -hmm. the power Timing. that you can have over your environment if you claim it, if you put your roots down. You can well, affect the environment very deeply. I don't and think it's, that's it's the right frequency. word, though. Oh, so you said the power over the land. You can affect the land very deeply. And depending on your frequency, whether that's a power over others mm -hmm. or a power, a sovereign power, mm -hmm. chi, ability, an effect. How do you affect it? I mean, so if I had been you a could use drug your, addict. You could use right? your connection to the land to have power over others. You could. Or yeah, you if could I had been a drug addict, I could have you know, manifested a dealer next right. door, right? Right. Well, that, I think that was my point is because I think that it's easy for people many people to hear a thing and interpret it only through their Filters. Know, filter. Like heaven on earth is a thing. Well, having power, what do you do with it? That's another thing. And only people who are connected to the land and our high frequency can use it for the betterment of the paradigm or something like that, right? But mm -hmm. the light dark paradigm means power is used many different ways. Mostly power and over others. <laughs> mostly power over others. And because you are aware of connection doesn't mean you're high frequency. Oh, no, 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 it doesn't. Absolutely not. That's why Bill Gates is buying 
gazillions of acreage all over the world. Right. Guess he knows. Mm -hmm. As do many. Mm -hmm. But um, it seems, it seems, you know, it seems there are people who feel like they're really very connected to the land, but they are also seem to be powerless. And there's other ones who are very connected to the land, and it seems like their power is like used much more impactfully on many, many, many people. Like they somehow have the ability to tap into more power than other people do. Even though the connection to the land, it wouldn't seem like um, being rich or being uh, having a agenda for a million billion people or getting rid of a billion people or any of those things that wouldn't seem like you could gather that much power through the land you know mm -hmm. that it wouldn't support it it seems like oh because get the land is high frequency and it's Gaia so it shouldn't support that type of right, stuff right 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 okay so there's a we go back now to the I wise and the we wise mm-hmm and when you work with the land and you connect with the land, <coughs> like real, a, a true connection with the land is a we why. Yes. So when we look at, oh, should we look, should we put another fruit tree here in this land? We work with the land. We ask the land, right? What do you think about a tree, such and such a tree? And the land might say, I really like that idea because my dears, and my elk love that fruit, <laughs> right? Apple orchard up the street. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Um, we Oh, uh, how about if we plant such and such? Oh, what do the, our chickens think about that, right? Right. So are they happy here? And what about the bugs they're going to eat? Are they going to be happy? Um, and what about the other things they're going to affect? So neighbors, like, yeah, because yeah. they have a dog who chases deer, and our neighbors uh, might like some fruit or might hate the kind of fruit or chicken noise or all kinds of things, right? Right. So that's the human collective connection. Mm -hmm. The neighbor hates chickens mm -hmm. and roosters, and we have like twenty roosters or something. So the neighbor connection might be get a dog that kills all the freaking chickens, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. consciously or unconsciously. Yeah. Um, and um, it builds from there, but that's the human connection. The, the connection, connection I'm talking about is the land. Well, the how land... is the how is the deer and the animals, the bugs related? Then are they they're just other collectives? The collectives in the land, yeah. Hmm. And I remember that podcast we listened to of that guy who, when he would make a decision for his farm, he would say, "How does this support the ducks and the slugs and the?" And the trees and the grass and the, <coughs> the little Joel Salatin. bacteria under the under yeah. the grass, you know. Is it going to positively or negatively affect the everybody? Yeah. Not just, uh, am I going to get some more meat or some more money or profit <laughs> profit out of this? Profit was a consideration, but the consideration was how is this going to support everybody on the farm who lives here, including directly or indirectly? The bacteria and the birds, including and the things that aren't even the worms products, yeah. so to speak, right? Yeah. Yeah, he had a much bigger we. He had a much bigger connection and connection. Yeah. That's what awareness, the we consciousness, is connection. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm getting at. You got it. <laughs> Excellent. So, from that perspective, then, um, why do you become more powerful the longer you stay in a location? Because you have you make more we connections. Oh yeah, that it is true. If we go outside, the animals here know that who we are. Yeah. And they know, hey, follow that one because um, he's going to probably drop food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, this one's out over here. We know what he does over here. It's right. the best thing ever. Right. And this one, oh, wait a minute. When he's gone, then go over there. Yeah. And the other day I went out and one of the hens was getting attacked really badly. Mm -hmm. And she's a little bit mental. She's, a, she's gone a little bit weird in the head, that, that particular hen. And she's a wild girl. That means that she's always run away from humans. Always run away from humans. And when she was getting attacked really badly by the other, the other chickens, 
she saw me coming into the yard and she literally ran to me. Oh, did she? And getting into my legs, crashed into my legs. Oh. And looked up at me. So I picked her up, uh-huh. right? Like, whoa, that was unexpected. Yeah, that never happens. Never happens, right? But somehow she knew. And um, so I grabbed her and I put her, I separated her, right? Because she's a little bit special. Mm-hmm. And special and different in chicken language means death. <laughs> <laughs> don't be different in chicken world. No, don't be different. So you gave her her own apartment, I think. Yeah. Or Dan did. You did. Oh, I did, yes. Yeah. And now Dan gave her a better and one. Dan gave her an even better one. Yeah. So she has her own uh, luxury condo by the yeah. creek. Yeah. She can see everything. She can heal up, get heal her feathers up. all grown. If she feels strong and wants to come out, she can say, hey, I'm ready. Yeah. And then we can still tend her and keep an eye on what's going on. Mm-hmm. We tried it once and she got attacked again, so we put her back again. So. Mm-hmm. So that connection, right, is not just one way. If you have your frequencies aligned with yourself, uh, responsible, able to respond to your own frequencies and make sure that you're true to your own personal essence, then your environment will respond accordingly. And there's environments that are not compatible with you and they will spit you out. And there's some of the environments that will... suck you in and you can't leave (laughs) (laughs) right i so i imagine that the you know basically what i'm hearing anyway and i think that we're probably going to need to go really into a little bit more depth in the second hour on this because there are a lot of variables right oh yeah there's tons of variables what i thought was just a simple geography is past life it's genetics and the humans and the non-humans and it seems like if you have the connection to the land but not the genealogy that i don't know if that works but if you have the genealogy then the connection is a little bit more streamlined Mm -hmm. for some reason maybe and the time that you're in a place matters Mm -hmm. and whether you own it or not matters Mm -hmm. and the connection you have with the people around you matters Mm -hmm. And so whether you're in a victim whether aggressor, you're a victim aggressor or in a sovereign we state. So basically your frequency matters. Mm-hmm. And even your programs, because those those two are just programs. Yeah, all these things matter. So I guess if we were doing the podcast whose purpose was to talk to um, the dark dark lords who want power over the minions mm-hmm. and how do they gather the most power to have the most power over everyone else around them, we would probably say some things. And if it were, hey, I'm a high frequency and I want to generate a new paradigm, only have high frequency, there would be another conversation. They would have similarities, but they would also have differences. Yes. So I want to explore that more in the second hour. It's like, cool. what are the differences? I love it. Yeah. Hopefully, Ilya and Adelina can have some good questions about it. Oh, yeah, it. they will. Because <laughs> this, this is a rambling conversation with a many, 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 many points and some really excellent stories. And I think with a little bit of, I mean, we've got enough of the parts floating around now with some focus yeah. on the part that matters to us now. Yeah. Like, here's trauma coming to my area, or here's my identified government fighting with this other government, and somehow that means it's me. Or here's uh, my cousins and my cousin's cousins and my cousin, cousin, cousins, and they all live here. And everybody wants to leave here. But when we come here, we're instantly connected with here. These questions, I think we need to, you know, work on. Yeah, I like it. And plus, if you're on Subscribestar, you get the second hour. So you can type in your questions in the comment sections for this podcast. Yeah, that's always a plus. Yeah. Because the first hour, this one that everybody gets for free, because we love talking to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you can only go so far in depth of information, right? Right, because you're talking to a collective of everybody. Yeah. And that collective of everybody has a lot of uh, limits on what they're wanting to hear. Yeah, in a sense. Or, or, yeah, and variation too, right? Because yeah. your reality is created by your conscious state. And when you get your conscious state blasted, it's very uncomfortable. Some mm-hmm. people don't want to go there. They want to change everything, like everything the way it is. Mm-hmm. So we can talk to everyone. And just, you know, keep it out of everyone's state. But when we're in the second hour, we can talk about other things that are specifically only related to and specifically interesting to only a high-frequency 
new paradigm generating person. Yeah. With that as our... We're not saying that if you're not in the second hour, you're not a high frequency. No, what we're saying is in the first hour, it's anyone and everyone including that. Right. Not excluding that, including that. But some of the conversation that comes out of my mouth can't come out of my mouth. Because my body won't let it. Right. Because, because everybody works. <laughs> the cousin's listening. But <laughs> I have high-frequency cousins. <laughs> that, that sent you to the, the cops to your boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's probably that too. But I uh, we're going to hear about that next. <laughs> we're talking about that. me. That was talking me. about me. I didn't do that. <laughs> no, what I, what, I, what I was saying, what I'm trying to say is that who we're talking to and Gaia using... Uh, the place to say stuff, to say stuff to everybody and to say stuff to a particular audience are different things. Yes. So if you're in Walk With Me now, you can put your questions there. And Subscribe Star, you can put your questions there. And uh, Ilya and Adelina will scan those. Yeah, before the show. Before so the, the show first week. show comes out. And then it's a few days later yes. that we record so we the second show. have a few show. days, yeah. So there's a few days Two or three immediately days. after you listen to this one. We'll that the things that are interesting to you, you can put there if you're on yeah. subscribe star. Yeah. Or do watch it as soon now. as you listen to it. Yeah. yeah. And then on the second hour one, we'll address those questions if we see them and we will, you know, go into detail about the perspective of a high frequency new paradigm generator, mm-hmm. instant manifester, that mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. That's a specific that, audience. Yeah. yeah, a very specific audience, yeah. Right. Okay. I feel complete. Me too. Good. Love you, honey. I love you too, darling. <laughs>